right, everybody, welcome to Wednesday night service, amen. Who is glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Praise God, it is good to see everybody. We're going to have an awesome time together in the Word and in fellowship. It's nice to see some of you that have been uh, receiving healing back in the house tonight. Still got several people out that the Lord is healing right now, and so uh, we're just going to lift them up in Jesus' name and believe that we're seeing them on Sunday. We're going to have 100% of the congregation healed, healthy, and whole. Can we get an amen tonight? All right, let's stand up together. We are going to open up by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America. And we're going to keep believing that we are seeing our nation come to Jesus. Amen. Let's say this together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, give the Lord some praise tonight. Amen. And you may be seated. All right, we have got a lot of announcements, so I'm going to try to hit these fast and uh, make sure that everybody gets in on what's going on. But we are definitely in a very busy season right now. First announcement, this isn't a fun one, but this weekend is the time change, which means you're going to lose an hour of sleep. Uh, yep, yep, yep. You're going to lose an hour of sleep on Saturday night, but that's okay. It's okay. Yeah, the... It's, the time is springing forward this weekend. And so it's all good uh, because we will light you up on Sunday morning and we will keep you awake. Who thinks that sounds like a good Amen. All right. I uh, want to remind you that FPU has started uh, last Sunday night, but there's still time to get in if you're interested. You can come and uh, check out a class for free. And we do actually have a couple of scholarships available. A congregation member wanted to make that available to anybody that, uh, well, at least a few people <laughs> that uh, may not have the funds to pay for the class, but if you're really interested. So there's the information right there, hdwc.org slash FPU. Sign up and come check it out, all right? Now let's get into this weekend's announcements because it is a really, really busy weekend, all right? Young Adults is getting together this Saturday morning, March 11th at 11 a.m. at Six Beans Coffee. And so uh, Miss Rosalind is going to be leading that Bible study for us. Come on out for an hour or so of uh, just having a good time studying the Word in a nice public environment. That's always great. Get the Word out there and uh, some good fellowship, all right? And then... Uh, I skipped this somehow, but this Friday night is the women's meeting, right? Women, ladies, all right? So that's going to be in Victory Hall, Friday night, 6.30. Mrs. Pastor's bringing the word, and she's going to have her sister here. If you've never met her sister, my Aunt Beth, she'll be here, right? And her daughter, a lot of her daughter-in-laws, but specifically uh, my brother's wife from Georgia will be here. So it's going to be a really great time, ladies. Be here Friday night, 6.30. Don't miss out on that. And then Sunday is the big birthday celebration, everybody. We are really excited. This is going to be one of our just 
best things of the whole year. We're celebrating Mrs. Pastor's 75th birthday, and uh, we're gonna we're still gonna have a you know preaching and the service and everything like that. But it's gonna be a lot of celebration, and then afterwards is our big pitch in dinner, just like at Christmas or Thanksgiving. So we're passing around this sign up sheet, and uh, if you could sign up to bring a dish to share, we're gonna have a big feast and a really really good time. We want to see everybody there. We want the whole family. And of course, we always want the whole family here, but uh, there's just some of these special occasions where it would just mean the world to us if everybody was here with us this Sunday morning. We've got a lot of our family flying in from all over the country, uh, the Samples family, so uh, we want, want you guys to get to meet some of them. And yes, my little brother Joe will be here, those of you that know and love Joe. So, amen. So, yes. So be here and uh, let's have a good time this weekend. And then it doesn't stop on Sunday because Monday is Lift Family Art Night, everybody. And this was a huge success last year. So we're doing it again. All you need to bring is a palette to paint on uh, or a canvas, whatever. I don't know. Okay. Obviously, I'm not artsy, but whatever you put, apply the paint to, whatever you want to call that, uh, grab one of those. Those are, you can get that at like Dollar Tree, Dollar General, Walmart, whatever. But come on out, 6.30 Monday night, and uh, we're going to be in Victory Hall, and we'll, the church is going to have paint and I, I think snacks and stuff. So be here and don't miss out on that. And bring the whole family. Even if you don't have kids, everybody is invited to come on out to that. All right? And then we have got... Next weekend, the missions yard sale for the Honduras trip. And, uh, amen. We're receiving donations for that still, I believe. So you can see Raymond, Miss Cindy, uh, let them know if you got something to donate. The yard sale will be on Saturday the 18th, uh, right at, on the corner of Virginia Way and Muriel. So, uh, come on out and let's raise some money for our missions trip because it's going to be awesome. And here's a really great one. At the end of this month, we're having Julius Marar back with us, everybody. Now, some of you have not met Julius. He is our missionary from India. He is a native uh, to India. He spends half of the year there. Then he also has a residence here in California. But anyway, he is going to be with us for the first time in a couple of years. And we are really, really excited uh, to get to hear what's going on in India and Nepal. And he is just, he's a wonderful preacher on fire for the Lord. He's funny. He's great. He's anointed. And uh, he's one of our missionaries that we support every Every month. So when you give into the missions offering every month, part of that money goes straight to India to him and they do a incredible work for God over there. So we really want you to be here that Sunday and don't miss out on that. All right. And then finally, Easter is coming up. We are, man, just about a month away and uh, we are collecting Easter eggs and hard candy for the big Easter egg hunt. I don't know how many eggs they want. I'm guessing a couple thousand is what we usually do. So make Make sure uh, when you're at Walmart, just grab some eggs, grab some hard candy. We've got some bins right back there by the info booth. And this Easter is going to be huge. We're going to celebrate Jesus really big. And we're going to preach the gospel to a whole bunch of people. And we are going to see Barstow come to Jesus. Who's with me on that right now? Amen. All right. Well, praise the Lord. Exciting stuff going on. So stay in the loop. Amen. All right. Who knows what time it is now?
Yeah, it's happy time. Pastor's going to come on up and do our Wednesday evening tithes and offerings. If you need an envelope, go ahead and raise your hand. Amen. Let me get him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Can you hear me now? I like what President Bush said. They'll all hear us pretty soon. Amen. They'll hear us over preaching the gospel to Barstow and all the region round about and around the world. Amen. Open up your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 8. And matter of fact, that's where we are at our, our devotional every every uh, day. And so Proverbs chapter 8 this morning, this jumped off at me and I wanted to share it with you. If you need an envelope, raise your hand, by the way. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 17. And uh, so Sunday night, I taught on how you can know the plan of God for your life. And we taught the Word of God that uh, the wisdom of God, according to the book of Proverbs, is the plan of God. So when you're praying for wisdom, you're praying for the plan. And there's, there's two basic aspects to the plan of God. Number one is the written plan. That's the, that's the general will of God for everybody on the whole face of the earth is the Bible, to follow what the Bible says to do with your life. And then as you begin to follow the written plan, you'll begin to know the personal plan for your life, what God has planned for you to do in life. And so keep that thought in mind. Proverbs 8, verse 17, this chapter again is talking about wisdom. I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. And that's talking about the wisdom of God. But when you're seeking the wisdom of God, you're seeking the plan of God. When you find God and his wisdom, you're finding his plan for your life. And so he says, riches and honor are with me, with the plan. When you're following God's plan, God wants you blessed. God wants you to have favor. God wants you to have honor in the sight of your fellow man. It says, that's with him. And that durable riches and righteousness, my fruit, what fruit? The plan of God. When you're planning, when you're following the plan of God for your life, you're going to have good fruit. How many want the good fruit that God has for you to have? And right here, he's highlighting the richest part because God knew that the devil would try to deceive people into thinking that God wants you to be poor and have nothing. Amen? Amen. And so he's telling you right here, when you're following him, he says he wants you to have riches. He says, my fruit is better than gold, yea, than fine gold, and my revenue than choice silver. <clears throat> I lead in the way of righteousness and the midst of the paths of judgment. Well, how many believe if you're following the plan of God, you're going to live right? Amen. He said, I lead in the way of righteousness. When you follow the Bible, it's going to show you the difference between right and wrong, and God's always going to lead you right. And that's what he says, the plan will always lead you right. And then he says right here, verse 21, this is the kicker. Get a hold of this. That I may cause those that love me. What's that mean? That love following God's plan for their life. Those that love the plan. Those that love the wisdom of God. That I may cause those that love me to inherit substance. And my center column says in the Hebrew, that word substance is wealth. God says you follow the plan. He will cause you to inherit wealth. And then he says, I will fill their treasures. And so that treasures is the word treasury. And that means your savings account, your investments, the things you have stored up, your plan for the future. God said, I'll fill those if you'll follow the plan. And so to me, that makes me 
what to do everything that the Bible says I can do. Amen. And believe everything the Bible says about me that I am. That's the plan of God. And so if we as believers will get it in our hearts and in our thinking that I'm going to start following the plan of God, what the Bible says, if it says it's right, I'll go for it. If it says it's wrong, I'm going to quit doing it. And if I do it, I'm going to say, hey, Jesus, forgive me. i got to get back on the right road because I don't like being poor. I don't like being broke. I want to follow after you. And you said you'll cause me to inherit wealth. And we're not preaching a get-rich-quick scheme. We're preaching Christians following the plan of God for their life. And when you follow the plan of God for your life, you're not going to be broke very long. God's going to take care of you. Somebody said amen or oh me. Amen. Well, let's stand up, make our financial faith confession. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritance, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, meet all my financial needs. So I have more than enough to take good care of my family, give ministry into the kingdom of God, promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
give the Lord some praise together. Hallelujah. He is good and his mercy surely does endure forever. Amen. 
right. Well, we're going to get into the Word of God tonight, and I'm excited about it. Who, who loves getting together and just getting into the Bible? I mean, that's what we're all about here. And so uh, we're going to have a good time with this. Um, so I had a sermon written that I had been planning on preaching all week for tonight. And then about 5 o'clock, the Lord said, no, do something different. So uh, <laughs> this is just what the Lord uh, asked me to talk about tonight. So this is fresh. And if it is for you, then it's for you, man. And, uh, and so the title of the message tonight is this. It's called Perfect Peace. Perfect peace. And uh, I, I'm just, you know, there's, it's based off of one of my favorite Bible verses, which a lot of you guys may know. We're going to look at it here in a minute. But I know that I value peace in my life. I, I value having the peace of God because I have lived uh, at times without peace. And then I've lived in times with a piece of peace. And then I have lived my life with the perfect peace of God. And uh, that is an incredible, incredible thing to have. Now, when we say the perfect peace of God, does that mean smooth waters, never any trouble, never any problems? It doesn't mean that. And that's what's so beautiful about it is that God's peace is so perfect that it'll keep you all together, even through some really bad stuff sometimes. And I value the peace of God and I'll do whatever it takes on my end to cultivate the atmosphere for him to be able uh, to provide me with that peace. You know, there are things we can do that would certainly close the door to God's peace being in our life. Do you understand that? That sometimes we're like, man, why don't I have no peace? I don't get it. Well, you know, uh, sometimes, yeah, you're being attacked by the devil, but the devil doesn't have the right or the ability to steal perfect peace from you. I mean, you know, yes, he's got some powers, but I think sometimes we attribute too much and give him too much credit. The only way that I can lose my perfect peace is if I basically just surrender it. But Jesus said that we'll, uh, we'll see it in a minute that he's giving us a peace that the world can't even take away from us. And so it is vitally important that if there are things in my life that I could do to surrender the peace of God, to open the door for things to come in and uh, attack it, whatever the case is, I have to be diligent on my end to live that Christian life that is going to make God's peace welcome in my home. Amen. You need the peace of God in your home more than anywhere else. You need the peace of God at your house. Amen. All right, let's go. Isaiah 26 and verse 3. Isaiah 26, verse 3. Amen. Absolutely love this verse very, very much. Isaiah 26 and verse 3, and we're going to look at it in the NLT here. Isaiah 26, and in fact, the entire chapter of Isaiah 26 is a phenomenal chapter of the Bible. But Isaiah 26, and we're going to look here at verse 3. And there's a, I mean, there's a promise made right here that you need to get a hold of and you need to take it seriously. Isaiah 26, verse 3, it says, You will keep in perfect peace. Anybody and everybody, no matter what they do. No, no. All who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. And so notice right here, it doesn't just promise us peace. The Bible promises us perfect peace. And so if the Bible tells me there's something called perfect peace, then there must be some sort of inferior or generic or counterfeit peace. 
Have you ever seen that? And, you know, I'm good with a lot of generics. I really am. There's a few things I won't buy generic on. One of them's Oreo cookies. And another thing that I won't go generic on is the peace of God. I'm not, I'm not interested in a counterfeit. I'm not interested in your definition. I'm not interested in your version or your whatever you made up in your mind. I want perfect peace according to God's standard and God's definition. And I can tell you simply from observation that there's plenty of people in this world who have a false sense of temporary peace. And, you know, we see it all the time. You'll see it for your whole life. You'll see somebody that is a wicked person, honestly. There's some wicked people out there. And it is, if you're not mature, you'll look at their lives and be like, how is it that she's got this peaceful, wonderful life? Here I am serving God. Here I am reading the Bible. I'm going to church. I'm doing this. And I've got struggles still. And this wicked person, they've got it all together. They've got everything. And I'm telling you right now, whatever they have is a facade. It's fake. It's shallow. It's vain. And it's very, very temporary. Extremely temporary. In fact, Psalm 37 says, Do not fret because of evil men or be envious of those who do wrong, for as the grass they will wither away. And in our day and age, it's so easy. Anybody can put a filter on something and make you think that they're living the dream life, but they're not. And I'll even take it a step further. That sometimes uh, you'll see somebody that has maybe uh, lived the Christian life or whatever, and they kind of start to walk away. And, and they'll take a step outside side of the boundaries and like wait nothing happened okay maybe i'll take another step nothing happened and so they think that they're good to go and that is playing right into the devil's playbook perfectly you don't think that the second you cross the line he's just going to come smack you so he'll come no 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 he wants you to have a false sense of security And once you really build up this false sense of security, you'll go further and further and further out of bounds and away from Jesus. And then when you're really out there, that's when he would just love to do something to you right there. And so I challenge you to guard yourself from pushing the boundaries trying to get away with a little bit of breaking God's word, God's commands, and tiptoeing over that line just to see if anything happens, the devil will give you a little bit of wiggle room. I'm telling you right now, you'll have a false sense of security, a false sense of peace, but it's temporary and it's insanely dangerous to tiptoe around the boundaries. Did God give us boundaries to be mean or are those boundaries there to protect us? He gives us boundaries, borders, walls, whatever you want to say, to protect us and to keep evil out. It is not to hamper on our play day and make life difficult. He wants us to have perfect peace, but it is all within the boundaries that he has set for us. And so if he tells us there's perfect peace, then that certainly means that there is an not perfect peace. And there's even a shallow, generic, inferior, wannabe peace. And I don't have any desire for that. I want God's definition. Let's look in the New Testament at John chapter 14. Can we go over there? Amen. Amen. John chapter 14. And we're going to look at verse 27. And this is something that Jesus himself said to us. I'm going to pay really close attention to this. John 14. And we're going to look at verse 27.
And this is good, good stuff right here. And so Jesus says, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world can't give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Isn't that an incredible promise from him? And, you know, we studied Sunday, the Holy Spirit, very specifically. And, in fact, that's all in this, in John 14 and John 16. Jesus was telling them, like, guys, I'm leaving, but it's actually going to be even better for you when I'm gone, when I'm in heaven, because one reason is the Holy Spirit was going to come to earth, and we saw that in Acts chapter 2. But then he's also telling us he's not just going to leave us you know, empty. He's not just going to leave us to fend for ourselves. No, he says he gives us this gift, peace of mind and heart. And so, you know, we've studied this out many, many times, but our mind is our soul, right? And our our, our mind is our, our soul, which is our, our mind, will, and emotions, and our heart is our spirit. So notice Jesus says, I'm, if you want to, you know, really break this down, I am leaving you peace for your spirit and your soul. And the funny thing is, is that this world, the people of this world, when they're talking about peace, really the only thing that they are referring to is peace in the physical realm, the body, the, you know, like, well, no one's trying to beat me up. I guess I'm at peace right now. I, I don't know. <laughs> and, and that's only one third of who you are. But the peace that Jesus gives is perfect because it covers all three levels of who you are. And when this world tries to give you peace, no, it's just a, a shallow, vain, you know, one dimensional, well, you know, we give you a little bit of peace for you know for your body for the physical but jesus gives us peace on every single realm and level of who you are as a person and so i love that that jesus peace is a much much deeper thing and jesus said something else very significant right here regarding perfect peace he said this peace is i give as a gift the world cannot give do you know how many people even how many Christians are looking to people in this world to be their source of peace. That's wrong. You're looking for something from somebody, all right? You're you're trying to get something from somebody that they don't have to give to you. It doesn't work that way. I know I use this example, but I mean, that's like going to, you know, Burger King and trying to order a steak and lobster dinner. I mean, I'm sure they'd love to give it to you, but they don't even have it to give to you. And, and so you're sitting there wondering, like, why can't you, you know, and you put that pressure on your wife, you put it on your husband, on your pastor, on your kids, on your fellow church members, and, well, they're not good enough, they're not, and, and listen, hey, it's not our responsibility, it's not your husband's or your wife's or your children's or your boss, they, it's not their responsibility to be the peacemaker in your life. That's, they, they can't do it even if they wanted to. They could temporarily make you happy, which is a fine and wonderful thing, but they cannot give you perfect peace. There's only one place that you can get that, and that's in Jesus. And so he says, hey, the world, they, they can't even give it to you, and that's why I'm going to give it to you. Let's look at John 16 and verse 33. John 16, 33. Did anybody need to hear this about, about peace tonight? Okay, all right, good. John 16 
And we're going to look here at verse 33. And again, we see it in John 14 and in uh, John 16. Uh, Jesus is speaking a bunch about the Holy Spirit, and he's also speaking a bunch about peace. So John 16, and we're going to look here at verse 33. And he says, I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. Well, Jesus needs to change his confession. No, he's just, it's Jesus. You can't correct him. It's the truth. Here on earth, you'll have some, you're going to have many trials and sorrows. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. That's really good news right there. Because what if Jesus just ended that whole sentence right there? Here on earth you'll have many trials and sorrows, period. Tough luck. Sorry for you. You know, hope you make it. It didn't end right there. He said, no, it's all good. Take heart because I have overcome the world. And so Jesus didn't promise that perfect peace means you won't ever have any trouble. But he did promise we don't have to lose heart through the trouble, because the world, it may have trouble, but he's already overcome this world. I like how the Message Bible worded this. I'm going to put that on the screen. John 16, 33, Message Bible. I've told you all this so that trusting me, you will be unshakable and assured, deeply at peace. In this godless world, you'll continue to experience difficulties, but take heart. I've conquered the world. Amen? That is good news, brother. That is good news, sister. That he says right there that we can be unshakable and assured deeply at peace. I want deep peace. I want perfect peace. I want the real peace of God. And I'm getting ready to tell you how you can have the perfect peace of God. And it's, I mean, it's not me saying it. It's the Bible that we already read a minute ago. But it specifically, and this is honestly one of the most simple things that we could ever teach you or preach to you. This is the simplest sermon of all time. Two little points regarding how you can have the perfect peace of God. All right. And so how do I have perfect peace? Number one, trust in him. Trust in him. No, there's, there, I mean, that, it can't be that. Well, we just read a minute ago, Isaiah 26, 3, right? Remember what that said? You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, or trust in Him, and all who, what? <laughs> Does anybody remember Isaiah 26, 3? All whose thoughts are fixed on you, alright? And so, all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. We're gonna get there, okay? Do me a favor. Does anybody have a highlighter? Highlight this verse in your Bible, please. If you're on the Bible app, I'll check it later to see if you did it, but highlight it. I can at least check up on you on the Bible app, all right? So, number one, how do I have perfect peace? Number one, trust in Him, all right? And so, this sounds like (laughs) the most generic and cliche thing that we could say, but the truth of the matter is that it it's simple. It, it really is that simple. And it's so simple that most people don't truly do it. You know, it seems like often we're looking for a complicated process to receiving. And, 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 and I don't like that. I don't like overcomplicating God's word. 
And I, and in fact, I can't stand it. And, and, and so, so often, you know, the Bible can be so simple to just read and understand. And then you have somebody come along, you're like, oh no, no, that's not what it means. It means that if you do this, 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 and this, and if this, and if it's in this dispensation, and if it's under this covenant, and if it's under this law, and if it's under this, and blah, 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 and then, and then you can have that. And I'm like, what did you just say? What? No. You don't need to add to the Bible. You don't need to overcomplicate the Bible. You don't have to get some book on 52 steps to perfect peace. Jesus gave two. You know, the book of Isaiah right here. It gives us two steps to having perfect peace. And that's one thing I like about Brother Kenneth Hagin's preaching and teaching is it is just so simple. He didn't overcomplicate the Bible. And because of that, he helped millions and millions of people. And so, you know, even in my preaching, uh, I try to not impress people with my theology and doctrine and, and my systematic blah, 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 blah. And, uh, you know, homiletical. No, I mean, yeah, we could go there if we wanted, but what good does it do if nobody got anything out of it? You know what I mean? And so listen, Jesus in the word told us how to have perfect peace. And the first part of that is to trust in Him. Let's look at Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. You know these verses too, don't you? Amen. Guys, you're, wor- you're starting to <laughs> get a little worried here. Help me out. <laughs> Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. You know these verses. Come on. Thank you. I'm not shaming you if you don't. Well, I guess it kind of looked like I was. But what I'm saying is, you know, you need to know these verses. For real. Proverbs 3. 5 and 6, and it looks like I'm going to read it in the NLT. So Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. What's that first word of that verse? Trust. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do, and He will show you which path to take. How many times are we like, man, I don't have any peace. I don't know why. And honestly, you weren't really obeying this verse. You were seeking your will in all you do. And so you already made up your mind what you were going to do. All right. And then you did it. And then you don't have the peace of God. And you're like, well, God, I don't know why, man. I'm trusting you and blah, 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 blah. Man, no, no. Seek his will. In all you do. And He will show you which path to take. And His path will include perfect peace. His path, I mean, His path isn't always the easiest path. We get that. Sometimes, yeah, you're on the right path, even though there's obstacles and, and, and difficulties on it. But His path is always going to line up with His Word. And He will provide the perfect peace as we're going down His path. And it tells us to not depend on our own understanding. Now, for some people, this is harder than others. Let's just get real. Some people are control freaks. Thank you. (laughs) And the very essence of Christianity... Hello? The very essence of Christianity is giving up control of your life and giving it over to somebody you can't even see. And so people that have control issues more so than others, some of this is a little bit more of a challenge, but you're not exempt from obeying the Scripture. It tells us to not depend on our own understanding, to seek His will in all we do, and He will show us which 
path to take. And so when you take that step and, and you start to trust him and seek his will, he's going to show you which path to take. He's going to provide the perfect peace. You're not responsible per, for providing the perfect peace. That's his job. You're responsible for doing what the word of God says to do. And so that's something for us to really, <laughs> to really uh, get down in our heart. And so I'm just super glad that God isn't limited to my understanding of Him because there's a lot I don't understand about God, a lot. And I'm thinking that even if I was a genius, uh, my comprehension of God would be next to nothing compared to how big He is. And you know, I, we, I reference this all the time, but the Scripture tells us that He holds the waters of the earth in the palm of His hand. That is a large hand. That's a, I, can, I, don't under, I can't even imagine a hand that big. Because just think about uh, the, the Mariana Trench in the Pacific Ocean is uh, 36,200 feet deep. And it fits in the palm of God's hand. That's a large hand. I can't even fathom that. He also said in the book of Isaiah that he just uses the mountains as stepping stones. Just steps on, you know, like it's nothing. I'm like, that is a giant foot. The Mount Everest is 29,000 feet tall. And here he is just stepping on it like it's nothing. I don't understand that. And I don't pretend that I just got this whole God thing figured out. But I am working on just trusting in the Lord with all my heart. Leaning not into my own understanding. And all of my ways acknowledging Him. And He will show me the path to take. When we really start to trust Him, there is a sense of peace that you just cannot get anywhere else. When you've got a good father and you know that you don't have to worry because he's got you, that changes everything in your life. I read a story from someone online who said that one day they were out playing with their son in the woods and out of nowhere, this dad hears a voice yell, Hey, Dad, catch me! And the guy looked up and his son was mid-flight coming straight out, straight at him. He had jumped out of this tree and uh, he's coming right at the dad. And so the dad catches the kid and falls straight to the ground. And, you know, he's, he's picking himself and the kid up and he catches his breath and he finally asks his, his son, can you give me one good reason why you did that? And the kid responds, sure, because you're my dad. That's, that's all the reason he needed. His entire assurance of being able to just jump out there, free fall, free whatever, was because he based it all on the fact that his dad was trustworthy that his dad would catch him, that his dad was strong, and he could live life to the fullest because his dad could be trusted. And isn't it even more true for a Christian that, hey, we've got a real good dad. We've got an incredible heavenly father and a wonderful big brother. We've taught on that lately. And so why do I need to go through life just anxiety, stressed out. No, listen, we get it. We're not saying there's no troubles. But I'm not going to sit here and live a, a tortured life as a child of God. I can have perfect peace if I, number one, trust in Him. And here's the deal. I always say it. Any Christian that you ask, do you trust in the Lord? Absolutely. Amen. A hundred percent. No doubt about it. And then you look at it and you're like, really? 
then why do you talk the way that you talk? Then why do you act the way that you act? And that's not me judging and being a mean, hateful, whatever the list of names is. No, Jesus said that you can judge a tree by its fruit. And he also said that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If you go around talking doubt, fear, negative, you know, anxiety, whatever all the time, clearly that's what's on your heart and clearly you don't really trust God. Maybe not in this situation. Maybe you trust him to save you, to get you to heaven, but maybe you're not trusting him to handle this situation. And that that hurts. Nobody wants to hear that. That's not what I want to hear. You know, if I'm going through it and I say something stupid, but hey, I married the kind of wife that's going to call me out on my junk, okay? And so, and that's a good wife. You need one that will straight call you out on your junk when you're being dumb. And she'll do that, man. I can't complain to her. She's going to tell me how it is. Amen. Let's hear it for godly women. Isn't it like international women's something or whatever? I don't. Know. So there you go. Shout out to the godly women. All right. Uh, but yeah, man, listen, you don't, you need to, <laughs> if you're not trusting God, if you're talking like that, right? Number two, let's go talking about how you can have perfect peace. Isaiah 26, three told us exactly how to get it. He'll keep in perfect peace. All who trust in him. Number two, all whose thoughts are fixed on God. So number two, you got to keep your thoughts fixed on God. The thought realm and the mind are the main battlefield that you will fight in this life. Do you understand that? I say this all the time because it is a factual statement. That the thought realm and the mind are the main battlefield that you will fight in life. A lot of Christians, is you know, especially at a church that preaches about healing and stuff like this, if sickness tries to attack you, a whole lot of you will at least fight back with the Word of God. You'll quote scriptures, you'll come get prayer, you at least have some level of knowing how to fight an attack on your physical body. And you are grounded in the truth of your spirit that you are saved, you're born again. And so if somebody were to say, you're not saved, I know every single one of you would say, yes, I am. Yeah, the word of God says that all who call in the name of the Lord shall be saved. I've done that. I'm saved. So most of us know to some extent how to, you know, uh, uh, handle an attack on our body or an attack on, you know, our, our, our spirit, our salvation. But here's the thing. Most Christians don't know how to handle an attack on the mind or on the soul. And, and that's where the devil, you know, I, I say this, but the mind is the devil's playground. And so that's where we try to fight him with thoughts. And so he tries to come and, and plant seeds of, you know, despair and anxiety and stress and worry and fear and depression. And he tries to just, boom, plant those on your mind and steal your perfect peace. And I would say most people just sit there and take the attack and take the blows and don't do anything at all about it. Then another realm of people try to fight those thoughts with more thoughts, which that's a losing battle because you're not going to outthink him. And then proper way to fight the devil when he's attacking you with bad thoughts is to answer with the word of God. To fight 
thoughts with words out of your mouth. And that's why it's so important that you know verses like Isaiah 26 and verse 3. And so, you know, I haven't used this example for a while, so I guess it's about time. But Brother Hagen always said it this way, you know, uh, no matter how far along you get in your Christian life, okay, you know, like my dad's been saved and my mom for, you know, longer than I've been alive and some of you, you know, a very long time, right? And so even to this day, sometimes negative or bad thoughts still try to come to you. And you'd think, like, is there ever going to be a time that these don't go away? Well, I'll tell you this much. The the more mature you get in the Lord, the better you get at fighting these. It will get less and less. But there will never be a time that you just never have any bad or negative or thoughts of fear or whatever come uh, and at least try to come and attach itself to you. And so Kenneth Hagin said it this way, I can't stop the birds from flying over my head, but I can stop them from building a nest in my hair. And so, yeah, the, the devil's going to try to come and fly around with stupid thoughts or fearful thoughts. Yeah, and, you know, he's going to do that. But you it's on you if you're going to let him just, if you're going to receive those thoughts, if you're going to absorb those thoughts, if you're going to dwell on them, meditate on them, let the devil come. No, listen, birds are, you know, they're going to fly around up there. But I do have the ability to stop them from taking up residence in my mind and building a nest in my hair and wrecking my life. I can put a stop to that. And I'm going to do that by speaking the word of God out. And so, listen, he will keep in perfect peace all who trust in him and all whose thoughts are fixed on him. We've got to have the word coming out of our mouth and we've got to listen to me, have our thoughts fixed on the word of God. So let's look at Romans 12 too. Romans 12 too. Amen. Romans 12 too. And to keep your thoughts fixed on the word or on, on God, you're going to have to have some Bible in you. A legitimate amount of Bible. I enjoy the verse of the day on the View Version app, but that is not the extent of my Bible study every day. I do enjoy it, and I do like seeing whatever the verse image of the day is. That's one of the first things I do when I roll out of bed. I want to see what it is. But it's going to take more than that. I've got bigger things trying to, you know, come at me than just real quick giving God 10 seconds and saying, oh, I've got my Bible time, let's go. No, you're going to have to start taking this thing pretty seriously. And so Romans 12, too. New King James, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable, and there it is, perfect will of God. And so, Jesus, okay, your three-part being, Jesus came and he handled the innermost part of you, your heart, your spirit. Jesus, when you received, you know, him as your Lord and Savior, he not only cleaned up your heart, but he made you a brand new person on the inside. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old things have passed away. Amen. That's 2 Corinthians 5, right? But listen, Jesus did something about your heart and your spirit, but that still leaves two parts of you. And so... Your physical body, does Jesus come and clean that for you every day or you got to handle that? 
Some of you sound confused. That's a, that's just a trick. No, at least for me, I have to, you know, uh, take a shower every day on my own. Jesus doesn't come and bathe me, all right? That's just the way that it is. But he did take care of my spirit, but he doesn't He doesn't clean my body. I've got to do that. That's part of me that I've got to handle. And then right here, the renewing, the washing, the cleansing of the mind. He says that you be transformed by the renewing of your mind, I've got to take some responsibility on this level and I'll just say, Jesus, clean me. You know, you clean my spirit, now clean my body and clean my mind. No, he'll help you, but he's telling you how to do it. He's saying, okay, I'll help you. Right here's the soap. Pick up soap. Apply to the body or apply to your mind. You be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You renew your mind through the word of God, not through positive thinking, which is, you know, I'm not against it. That's a great thing to do. But you got to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And we're talking about keeping your thoughts fixed on him. This is how you have perfect peace. You trust him and you keep your thoughts fixed on him. And so just a challenge for us that would maybe think like, well, that sounds good, but I just don't know how to keep my thoughts fixed on him. You do it through spending time in the word of God. Think of all the time that you spend on your phone, your TV, sports, your hobby, whatever it is, you know, whatever it is that you like to do. Think about what, if you could calculate that total amount of time in a week that you spend on your phone, TV, hobby, whatever it is, and compare that uh, in relation to the amount of time you spend with God's word, whether reading it, speaking it, meditating it, listening to it. So I'm just, you know, I'm just going to say that I would venture that the time that we spend on the phone, all right, for example, is probably up here. And the time that we spend on the word, I can't bend down because of this mic right here. It's stabbing me already. So, but think about it. It's probably like way down here, right? And they're like, man, I don't know why I don't have perfect peace. So you got 20 hours of CNN and Facebook and TikTok especially. I'm not going to go into that. But anyway, so you got, you know, all right, just think about this. You give TikTok 20 hours of your week, and that is not far-fetched to say, because I know a lot of people, including adults, that easily spend three or four hours a day watching TikTok videos. That's serious. I'm, I am so serious right now. And it's, I mean, and it's, it's sad to my heart because these are the same people who are getting slapped around by the devil all the time, wondering why, well, I have no perfect peace. Jesus, save me, save me and throw me something, throw me a lifeline. And he's like, here's the lifeline. Take it. Grab a hold of this. Get a hold of this. So I'm just saying you really don't have any right to blame God or to blame the preacher, or to blame your fellow church members or anybody else for a lack of peace when you give (laughs) TikTok, the news, whatever, 20, 30, 40 hours of your time a week and give God, you know, minutes of your week. And this isn't to be mean. This is just to help people because I like to see people have perfect peace. I love it, and I love to have perfect peace. But I learned already that I can't get it if I give my best time to the world and my leftovers to God. Tell you what, man, God, yeah, I, I, got, I got a few minutes. Let, let's do this. Let me, you know, 
hey, you have the right to do that, but I'm just saying you're not going to live a victorious life, and you're certainly not going to have this thing called perfect peace. So he will keep in perfect peace all who, number one, trust him, and number two, all whose thoughts are fixed on him. Your thoughts can't be fixed on him if he just gets your leftovers. Amen? I think I put one more verse on here, but I can't remember. Uh, Hebrews 4.12. Let's look at this, and then we're going to close out. Hebrews 4.12. Amen? Have we received anything tonight? Amen. Are you mad at me now? Oh, okay. I'm not trying to make people mad. <laughs> All right, Hebrews 4.12. And uh, this will be where we kind of bring things in for a landing. But we're talking about having the perfect peace of God, not the generic, not the world's version, not, you know, what your cousin says you ought to have, not what everybody else is telling you to do. We're talking about the absolute perfect peace of God. And it is a peace that surpasses all understanding. It'll guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, according to Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. So let's check this out. Hebrews 4, verse 12. I love this verse. For the word of God is alive and powerful. You know, the Bible is not just some book. It is alive. It is powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. Here it is. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. God's word, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. And I know, man, hey, when I'm studying the Word, when I'm spending time with God in His Word, He shines a light on some things that need a light shined on them so I know how to fix them, so I know what to work on, so I can renew the mind. And so I'm telling you right now that God's Word will slice and dice your thoughts apart and expose any junk that you need to get rid of. And what is all this about? This is about how you can have perfect peace. And so, yeah, it, it takes some discipline to keep your thoughts fixed on Him. But the biggest way to do it is more word and less TikTok. More word. <laughs> Thank you. I love you, Tim. All right. More word and less, you know, whatever else it is that we waste time on. Amen. And so perfect peace. He says he will keep in perfect peace all who trust him and all whose thoughts are fixed on him. And I've had, you know, especially I remember one guy specifically, I'm like, I gave him this verse and he's like, well, I'm doing that and I still don't have perfect peace. And I had to say, then no, you're not. You're not. No way. Either because if you really are doing that and you still don't have perfect peace, then the Bible's a lie. And it's not. And, all, you know, sometimes it, that's not comfortable to admit or say, but I know and I can put myself on blast any time that I have not had perfect peace. If I'm going to be truthful, my thoughts weren't fixed on him and I wasn't honestly fully trusting him. No way. Because the Bible says very clearly that if I'll do that, I will have perfect peace. And so uh, that's my uh, that's my challenge to us tonight, that we can have the peace of God in our lives. It's a gift the world can't take away because they didn't give it to us anyway. And if we will absolutely trust in Him, if we will keep our thoughts fixed on Him, my gosh, it'll change 
our lives. Amen. All right, let's go ahead. We're going to close out there tonight. We are all out of time. I pray that we have received something from the Word tonight. Amen. All right. Well, I'm going to have Pastor Josh close us out in a worship song tonight. If you're here and you need prayer for anything, I'm going to have my prayer team come up. We'd love to pray for you and be in agreement with you. And uh, praise God. We're going to see, uh, see the Lord have his way in your life. Amen. Let's go ahead and worship God for a minute tonight. I put my faith in Jesus. My anchor to the ground My hope and firm foundation He'll never let me down I put my faith in Jesus My anchor to the ground My hope and Say
something out of the Word of God tonight. Amen. We're going to trust Him and keep our thoughts fixed on Him, and we got to do that through the Word of God. Amen. All right, we're going to close out tonight. Um, Robert, it could use a hand with just moving some chairs. They're going to do... Okay, this row, this section of chairs is going to go over here for Sunday's big party. And so if we get some guys to help out with that real quick, and I think they're going to do tables on Saturday or something like that. Yep. Okay, and then there's the women's meeting Friday night, so that a few people could help set up some tables. Nope, all right. Okay, that's under control already, so scratch that message. All right, praise the Lord. Let's close out in prayer, and who's going to be here on Sunday? Who's going to be here? Come on, yes. Everybody, be here, don't miss out, and uh, we're going to celebrate. It's going to be wonderful, all right? Let's go ahead and close in prayer tonight. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for what we've seen in your word. And Lord, I know that sometimes your word uh, can kind of be a little bit uh, blunt and a little bit straightforward to us, but Lord, we need that. And I pray in Jesus' name that as we have heard the word of God tonight, we're not going to just be hearers of it, we're going to be doers of the word because we know that someone that just hears it but doesn't do anything about it is a deceived person according to James 1.22 so help us Lord to be doers of your word and I thank you Lord that we have the peace of God which surpasses all understanding guarding our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus use us this week uh, as we uh, work these next few days go to school these next few days whatever it is we're doing Lord use us to be the light of the world and show the love of Jesus everywhere we go. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us. Thank you for not giving up on us. You are so good. In Jesus' name, can somebody say amen tonight? All right, let's speak some faith over Barstow, and then you can be dismissed. Let's do this. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Thank you, guys. We will see you Sunday.